Dr. Todd Leonard sat before the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice, ready for his punishment. An attorney general investigation revealed a long list of what the board labeled unethical and unprofessional conduct. As a result, Dr. Leonard was reprimanded, fined, and the board restricted his license to practice medicine. That was more than 10 years ago. It's a past our investigation finds. I don't believe I was restricted. Dr. Leonard obfuscates. I'm not an attorney, but I don't, I don't think I was restricted. A past Dr. Leonard tried to hide during his meteoric rise to become arguably the most important physician for thousands of men and women incarcerated in Minnesota's jails, a role that's seen taxpayers pay his company tens of millions of dollars. Do you believe this to be a material misrepresentation on this public contract? I think it, it certainly draws it into question. I'm investigative reporter A.J. Legault. You're listening to Cruel and Unusual, Episode 7, The Jail Doctor. With protests in the street. Days after his death. Over bodies in the ground. Shut it down! And a growing stack of wrongful death lawsuits in federal court. Minnesota-based Mend Correctional Care, the largest jail health care provider in the state, is a ship at the center of a growing storm. In men now! We wanted to learn more about the man at the helm. Do you solemnly swear the testimony you are about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I'll help you God. I do. Would you state your full name for the record, please? <clears throat> Todd Arthur Leonard. Dr. Leonard has turned down numerous interview requests. So this reporting is based on our review of thousands of pages of court and medical records, public contracts, and disciplinary findings, along with hours of videotaped depositions and interviews with attorneys, medical experts, and families of inmates who died under Dr. Leonard and Men's Watch. This is the video deposition of Dr. Todd Leonard. Today's date is May 31st, 2019. And uh, what is your present occupation? President and Chief Medical Officer for Mend Correctional Care. Before Dr. Leonard founded Men Correctional Care, he started his career as a family practice physician after graduating from the University of Minnesota Medical School in 1996. A little more than a decade later, according to public records, in 2007, the Minnesota Medical Board began receiving complaints about Leonard's practice, allegations that he had prescribed excessive amounts of pain medication. That year, Leonard became the medical director for the Sherburne County Jail. He tells the story of how that happened in an interview on WJON Radio. How did you get into the correctional health care? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a family medicine physician by trade. And uh, back in the 2000s, the, uh, the sheriff at that time for my home county, Sherburn County, approached me in, in a consultant capacity just to, to help him uh, determine the best road to go down regarding his medical care in, in Sherburn County Jail. And and uh, one thing led to another and wow. found myself uh, assisting them uh, for uh, a couple of years 
um, and, and just being medical director uh, with his staff. And uh, and then, uh, you know, the word started to get out of some of the quality things that we were trying to achieve and and uh, just methodically started to expand. And then I, I formed Men Correctional Care in 2008 to specifically work only in this industry. While Dr. Leonard was founding his company, the Attorney General's office was investigating those complaints the state medical board had received. Quote, allegations regarding documentation, prescribing practices, procedures, and professional boundaries, unquote. According to board records, their review found multiple failures with Dr. Leonard's documentation. His notes were frequently cursory, incomplete, and illegible. He often failed to document a diagnosis, adequate patient history, or a rationale for prescribed medications. When it came to narcotics, he failed to document why patients needed them or show that he assessed patients' risk of addiction or suicide. It took the board several years to act, but in 2011, it reprimanded Dr. Leonard. His medical license was restricted and conditioned, quote, based upon his unethical and unprofessional conduct, failure to maintain adequate medical records, and inappropriate prescribing practices, unquote. His practice now had to be supervised by a board member and another physician, and he was ordered to pay a nearly $12,000 penalty. While under that supervision, Dr. Leonard took over the medical care for six more jails. After the medical board voted to end his sanctions in September of 2013, his business boomed. He picked up contracts with more than 30 additional jails. Dr. Leonard's pitch to counties is he can save them money on their jail health care, bragging on his website of millions of dollars in cost savings. Critics, however, claim men's care can come at a high cost. I think what's happening is the counties are trying to save money and do this on the cheap, and it's just not an avenue that you can take to meet your constitutional obligations to your, to your inmates and your patients. They're not only your inmates, they're also your patients when they're in jail as well. Andy Noel is an attorney who has successfully sued men and county jails alleging failures to provide proper medical and mental health care resulted in deaths. But this is one area where there are literally lives at stake and, and you can't do it on the cheap. If you do it on the cheap, it's not going to get done right. Over the last decade, Minnesota taxpayers paid MEND more than $52 million. This jail health care is a big business. They're getting bigger all the time. This is attorney Bob Bennett, another lawyer who has sued MEND over jail deaths. Because if you can do nothing cheaper than the next guy doing something... You're going to make money. I mean, he, he advertises he can save them, save them tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, a very significant savings. But what do the inmates get out of it? And that's always appealing to county boards and county commissioners. As Dr. Leonard's business grew, so too has the list of inmates who died while men was the health care provider. At least... 26 since 2015, our investigation found. A number of those deaths resulted in federal lawsuits accusing Leonard and Mend of failing to provide necessary treatment. In prior episodes, 
We've dug into those allegations in the deaths of Hardell Sherrill, Bruce Lundmark, Abby Rudolph, and James Linus. Lawyers in those lawsuits routinely claim men cut costs and corners by using inexperienced, underqualified staff to work with inmates with significant medical needs. In episode three, when we looked into Navy veteran Bruce Lundmark's death, the independent forensic nurse we asked to review the records told us this about a medical technician being the only MEND employee to see Bruce. They left it up to an untrained and unqualified health technician who doesn't have the requisite education, training, and experience to make in-person assessments of a patient who clearly was having changes in his condition that warranted an assessment. Dr. Leonard staffs the jails with lower-level medical providers, nurses, physician's assistants, and med techs. But our investigation found on any given day, he was the only doctor responsible for roughly 2,700 people incarcerated in jails spread across all four corners of the state. A fact he acknowledged in a deposition after James Linus, who never got to see a mental health care provider, died by suicide in the Sherburne County Jail. I am the physician who's in that group. Yeah, the only one in Minnesota. I'm the only physician. In a 2016 article in the Duluth News Tribune, Dr. Leonard is quoted as saying under his business model, 10% of his time is clinical and 90% administrative. This is attorney Bob Bennett again. His business plan calls for him to spend 10% of his clinical time dealing with patients, inmates. So instead of one doctor for 4,500 prisoners or something, you get one-tenth of one doctor. So I think that's a big, big, big problem. As we revealed in episode six, Men's website also states they're a mental health care provider with a psychiatric team, a claim Leonard himself acknowledges is not based in fact. There is no psychiatrist, is there? Yeah, I don't know if I would have used the word psychiatric. But the men did. Somebody from my team wrote that word. Three years after that deposition, we discovered the website still claims they have a psychiatric team. When we started investigating Dr. Leonard and Mend, we asked a number of sheriffs who in Minnesota run the county jails about the company and its owner. Many of the responses sounded like this conversation I had over Zoom, please pardon the audio quality, with Olmstead County Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. Since you guys signed with men to provide your correctional health care, how has the service been? Uh, great. We, they've been... Uh... Very receptive um, changes or uh, uh, additional needs that we've uh, asked for. They've been right on top of it. However, as we poured over the records Dr. Leonard signed as he attempted to land contracts with county jails, our investigation discovered he often seemed to hide, or at best obfuscated, his history of unethical behavior and the deaths on his company's watch. Here's Sheriff Torgerson again right after I read to him Dr. Leonard's previous discipline ruling by the medical board. Were you and the county aware of Dr. Leonard's history? I certainly was not. That's likely because Dr. Leonard failed to disclose it. In 2015, when he bid on the jail medical contract with Olmstead County, 
he was asked to respond in writing to a series of questions, including, have any current staff ever had their license suspended, revoked, or put on conditional status? Dr. Leonard answered, quote, I am pleased to share that our staff have never had any of those disciplinary situations develop while performing their duties and services for our company, end quote. Remember, Dr. Leonard's own license had been restricted and conditioned by the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice from 2011 to 2013 due to unethical and unprofessional conduct. Back to Sheriff Torgerson. Again, the Zoom audio is not great. Were you and was the county aware of that? No, no, that was when, uh, when I first saw that. Yeah, that was the first time I ever, never was aware of that. Do you believe this to be a material misrepresentation on this public contract? I think it, it certainly draws it into question. While he refused to be interviewed, Dr. Leonard sent us an email which says he assumed, quote, that the question applied only to staff working on a daily and direct basis with Olmstead County and is thus accurate, end quote. The contract lists Dr. Leonard as Olmstead's medical director, and as we know, he was men's only doctor. Here's what Dr. Leonard said in a deposition about his role as a jail's medical director. I supervise um, either directly or indirectly all clinical staff. But the buck stops with you, right? It's the Harry Truman. I don't know how to answer that. I am responsible for supervising my clinical staff. One of the other questions Olmsted asked before awarding men their contract is if the company had any lawsuits pending. Leonard left that question blank. At the time, he was being sued for a suicide death of a young man arrested for DWI in Stearns County. On two different occasions, Kyle Baxter Jensen used a razor to slice open his own throat. Records show he was never given mental health care after the first attempt. He died following the second. Mr. Baxter Jensen cut his own throat twice. Think about that for just a moment. Attorney Bob Bennett filed that lawsuit, which Dr. Leonard failed to disclose. Bennett says Dr. Leonard also did not give straight answers about his disciplinary history when questioned under oath in a deposition for the case. You were reprimanded and your license was restricted, correct? Um... I don't believe I was restricted. I'm not an attorney, but I don't I don't think I was restricted. Bennett was prepared and had a copy of Leonard's disciplinary action with him. And it says right there in the findings of fact, by stipulation and order dated May 14, 2011, respondent's license to practice medicine and surgery in the state of Minnesota was restricted okay. and conditioned based upon his unethical and unprofessional conduct failure to maintain adequate medical records and inappropriate prescribing practices. That's the first sentence in paragraph one of findings of fact, correct? Correct. All right. So we cleared up the issue about whether your license was restricted, have we not? Correct. The next year, in 2016, that suicide case resulted in a $1.45 million settlement for the deceased man's family. Mend paid more than half of that, 850000 
and we discovered that wasn't the only time Dr. Leonard was misleading counties when he bid on contracts. Flash forward a few years to the fall of 2020, when Dr. Leonard's company was awarded a $7.2 million jail medical contract in Anoka County. It's like I told you when I emailed you in the beginning, is that something was really suspect and suspicious about how the contract became about to be in there. That's nurse Lindsay Helgeson. As part of our multi-year investigation, we were airing dozens of reports about jail deaths and men on our local TV newscasts. After one of them, Lindsay reached out and suggested my team look into the contract Anoka County just signed with MEND. Full disclosure, she's a former Anoka County employee, a public health nurse who worked in the jail and lost her job when the county decided to hire MEND. There was false information we feel like they went on to make their decision. Nurse Lindsay was right. Anoka mandated contract proposals by jail medical companies must include information about pending litigation or litigation resolved within the past 10 years. Mend listed some lawsuits, but records show he again failed to disclose the, at the time, most costly case in his company's history, the suicide from Stearns County that settled for $1.45 million. I asked attorney Bob Bennett about it. Was Mend aware that they had had to pay money to settle the Baxter Knudsen case? Well, as I recall, Dr. Leonard was at the settlement conference and was represented by a lawyer and had his insurance representative there too and was aware that we were negotiating the settlement and that, in fact, the settlement was done and that they paid $850,000. So he was, he was clearly aware. Uh, and... You know, you couldn't settle a case involving a single-person LLC without the single person in the LLC knowing about it. That's not all Dr. Leonard failed to disclose to Anoka County during the bid process. Mend was instructed to provide information concerning any complaints filed with or by professional state or federal licensing slash regulatory organizations within the past 10 years. In the spot where Mend was supposed to disclose licensing complaints, they wrote a lengthy paragraph about their professional responsibility and integrity and how they embrace the best standards in their industry. What Dr. Leonard and Mend skipped is that he was once again under investigation by the state medical board for the complaint filed against him by a whistleblower because of the Beltrami County jail death of Hardell Sherrill. I felt like I had witnessed a murder, and I resigned immediately. Remember back in episode two, we told you how former men nurse practitioner Stephanie Lundblatt claimed to witness neglectful medical care by Dr. Leonard and men nurses as Hardell Sherrill slowly died, lying paralyzed on his jail cell floor. As medical professionals, we're trained that if we see abuse or neglect that we report it. That's our duty. I immediately started documenting and started writing reports. Um, I wrote reports to the Board of Medical Practice. I wrote a report to the Minnesota Board of Nursing. After we began asking questions, Dr. Leonard did disclose the complaints in prior litigation to Anoka County. But that was three months after the multi-million dollar contract was already awarded. 
He also sent the county a lengthy statement about how MEND has been the focus of repeated negative reporting by one news organization and how, quote, these unfounded and unwarranted attacks are irresponsible and dangerous, end quote. I asked Dr. Leonard and MEND to provide details and evidence of what, if anything, in our reporting has been false and never got a response. Meanwhile, on October 2nd, 2021, the Duluth branch NAACP demanded an end to the use of MEND correctional care in Minnesota's correctional facilities. This is a letter from the Duluth branch of the NAACP being read aloud at a news conference on a cold and, as you can hear, windy day in the fall of 2021. MEND relies on creating an illusion of care and has been caught falsifying records. It's a blistering letter. Todd Leonard and his institution are unfit to practice medicine. Ending men's contracts is not enough. Ending Todd Leonard's medical license is a must. Pressure was mounting for the state medical board to finally, after three years, take action on those whistleblower complaints filed about Hardell Sherrill's death. What happened to Hardell Sherrill is unimaginable. And everyone should be outraged. Every healthcare professional should be outraged. Those two voices you just heard, they're nurses with the Minnesota Nurses Association, speaking at a protest outside the medical board headquarters in November of 2021. They too call for Dr. Leonard to lose his medical license. This is ICU nurse Jeanette Rupert. Beltrami County Jail, you're wrong. You are wrong, you know better. You know better, and I thank God for the nurse practitioner who stepped in and said something, and said something because she knew that this inmate's life mattered. I don't care if of what they've done, their lives matter. And we have a duty and a responsibility to treat human life with respect. That physician took an oath to do no harm. In my opinion, harm was done. The nurses' union going public in an incredible way. This is nurse Mabel Foley and then nurse Rupert again. We want to say that we are formally taking a stance against men's health. We're telling every county, all 80 of them, to consider ending the contracts because this is not an isolated incident. It happens time and time and time and time again. The whole nation's eyes have been on Minnesota now for quite some time. And for you to stand by in your own state, in your own city, in your own uh, area, communities, and do nothing, the Minnesota Nurses Association is standing up. Take notice. Two months later, in January of 2022, on Carol Levin, my TV station's 6 o'clock news. Other news tonight, a jail doctor at the center of a Care 11 investigation into needless deaths behind bars has his medical license suspended today by the state. A.J. Legault is joining us now with the latest in our years-long ongoing investigation called Cruel and Unusual. A.J.? Julia Randi citing careless and callous disregard for the life of Hardell Sherrill. The Minnesota Board of Medical Practice has indefinitely suspended the license of Dr. Todd Leonard and find him $30,000. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? Now! For more than three years, people keep dying! Delshia Perry protested days after his death and pleaded for someone, anyone, 
to listen. End men now! To hear her claims that her son, Hardell Sherrill, was denied medical care and died an unnecessary death in the Beltrami County Jail. For most among them. Today, we listened as she read the official judge's conclusion that the jail doctor, Todd Leonard, carelessly and callously disregarded Hardell's life. The patient entered the county jail on August 24th, 2018, a vibrant, seemingly healthy 27-year-old man. He was carried from that same jail nine days later to be laid to rest after having endured days of suffering, begging those responsible for his care, medical providers and correction officers alike, for help that never came. His condition had already been dismissed by his custodians and caregivers. He was a criminal defendant, feigning an illness, not a man, presumed innocent, and in desperate need of care. And given their preconceived notions of inmates, no evidence could convince them otherwise. Even in his final hours, as he sat in a wheelchair in filthy scrubs with urine streaming down his legs, his caregivers would not believe him. As he laid unconscious, half naked on the floor of his jail cell, white foam coming from his mouth, they still did not believe him. It took his death to convince medical professionals and jail staff that the patient was not malingering. Given the egregious facts of this case, the administrative law judge recommends that the board impose significant and appropriate discipline against respondent. The judge further urges that the state of Minnesota investigates all who callously disregarded their duty to this man. A tragedy like this should never have occurred, and it must never be allowed to happen again. So hard, so hard to read. Somebody else finally sees what I've been saying all along. Thank you, Judge Riley, for seeing the truth of the lies that Todd Leonard has told and continues to tell. And it's, it needs to stop. He should never be able to practice medicine ever again. Dr. Leonard again refused to do an interview. He sent a statement that reads in part, quote, I am profoundly saddened and disappointed by the Minnesota board's decision. This death was a tragedy, but to my core, I believe our care was appropriate, especially given the incredibly rare nature of this patient's condition, end quote. The judge who reviewed the case for the medical board also recommended additional investigation of everyone involved in Hardell's care who, in her words, callously disregarded their duty. She also called for scrutiny of the contracts Leonard's company Mend has with other jails across Minnesota. Since then, an ever-growing number of counties ended their contracts with Dr. Leonard and Mend. That includes Beltrami, Sherburn, and Anoka. Although Anoka didn't cut Mend until after they, too, had a death behind bars in May of 2022. Okay, in my normal TV job, 
This is where we'd say we need to interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast. Because as this podcast was being released, we had two pieces of major breaking news. First, development in a years-long CARE 11 investigation into Hardell Sherrill's death in the Beltrami County Jail. CARE 11 has learned a prosecutor is reviewing possible criminal charges. A.J. Legault joins us with an update in our series, Cruel and Unusual. A.J.? The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, or BCA, completed a criminal investigation of Hardell Sherrill's death and turned their findings over to a prosecutor. This is from the 6 o'clock news at my TV station. We've now confirmed the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has concluded its criminal investigation and presented the facts of the case to the Beltrami County Attorney's Office to make a charging decision. But even this development is riddled with controversy. To say Hardell's mom, Delshia, doesn't trust anyone in Beltrami County to fairly handle her son's case is the understatement of the decade. Because lies have been told, cover-ups have been done. Delshia led a protest outside the Minnesota Attorney General's office. Give the case to Keith. Give the case to Keith. Give the case to Keith. She's calling for the charging decisions to be made by Attorney General Keith Ellison. Hence the give the case to Keith chance. Give the case to Keith. Ellison's office successfully prosecuted Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. And Delshia and others in the community, including Pastor Brian Heron, are skeptical that justice can be done if Hardell's case stays in Beltrami County. From day one, tried to cover this up. They never told the truth about it. They never acknowledged what they did. And, and so how do we trust that they're going to prosecute this case in a fair and just way? So we're demanding that Beltrami County attorney recuse himself and turn these documents over to uh, our Attorney General, Keith Ellison. Remember Michelle Gross, the nurse, paralegal, and activist you heard from in previous episodes? There is a clear conflict of interest in this case. She says because the Beltrami County attorney represents the sheriff's office in the federal lawsuit Delshia brought, Beltrami County attorney David Hansen can't ethically determine whether to criminally charge his own clients. This is why we are demanding that the Beltrami County Attorney's Office immediately recuse itself and turn this case over to the Minnesota Attorney General's Office for determination on criminal charges. To date, that hasn't happened. Beltrami County Attorney David Hansen hired a private law firm to review the case for him. That's ongoing. The second major development I mentioned happened right after Thanksgiving. On November 30th, 2022. Well, the troubled jail medical provider at the center of Care 11's investigation into needless deaths behind bars has filed for bankruptcy. Todd Leonard filed to put his company, Men Correctional Care, into bankruptcy. He also notified counties he still had contracts with that meant the largest jail medical provider in Minnesota was going out of business within 90 days. This investigation that already has more twists and turns than a backcountry road doesn't end here. Have you spoken to the FBI? Yes. Agents interviewed you? They did. Were they asking the same sort of questions we are? Yes. That's Stephanie Lundblad, the whistleblower who first sounded the alarm about Hardell's death. 
Hardell's mom, Delshia, has also been interviewed by the FBI and later received a subpoena from a federal grand jury. We'll provide updates as they become available. On the next episode of Cruel and Unusual. I, I don't think that you can look at the videos that, that you all have uh, shown. There is no one that can really look at that and say that that's how human beings should be treated. State leaders respond to this investigation. Thanks to the investigative reporting of Care Levin's Cruel and Unusual series and others, we've heard the heartbreaking stories of the conditions in some of our jails. And introduce sweeping reforms. Has there been failures in the system? Absolutely. And that's what we're uh, setting a course to fix. I'm A.J. Legault. Producers are Brandon Stahl, Steve Eckert, and Gary Knox. 